0: Let's talk about animals. You know, when people have pets. You adopt animals; they come, a, become a part of your life. It doesn't really matter who, or I'm sorry, what kind of an animal it could be—a dog, a cat, a bird, a reptile, fish—you know, any animal is considered a pet. Now we talk about, you know, what pets do for people. They bring happiness. They reduce their blood pressure. And that is a known scientific fact. Animals do reduce your blood pressure. You know, a lot of people, you know, when I was growing up, had so many different animals. I would go to my friends' homes and would see the, the mirage, menagerie of pets that they have. Dogs, cats, fish, birds. Even my, my older sister, when the kids were younger, menagerie of animals. Dog, cat, bird, turtles, sea turtles. They kept them in a, in a terrarium little bird like a little cockatiel it was like coming into the into into a zoo but they love animals and you love animals you bring them you make them a part of your home they become a part of your life the problem now is as animals are like people they get sick they get illnesses they can have cancer they can have uh you know so many other diseases like people but the difference between animals having diseases and people having diseases are a little bit different um, and like you, how you would adopt an animal and bring them into your home and you'd become like a pet parent to your animal, you know, you become the mommy and the daddy to that animal. Because again, when you adopt an animal, you, it becomes a part of your family. I grew up, I can give you the number of pets that I had growing up. My first real pet, and a lot of people are going to say, no, that's not a pet. When I was growing up, I think it was about maybe... About nine, ten years old, I had a hamster, a rodent, huh? hamster. And I called her Heidi. She was an amber cream colored hamster. And, you know, again, I know that she wouldn't be considered a pet. Like, you could, you mean, you could pick her up and she'll sleep with you. She actually slept in my father's shirt, you know. But there were a few times that we almost lost her. I remember the one time I panicked. I said, where did she go? She ended up in the radiator. And she was frantic. My father had to get her out. How did she end up there? I don't know. But we found her. She was scared. Put her back in her cage. And she was so relieved. The only thing I found about those those animals, the pet itself, hamsters do smell. Hamsters have a smell. Their cage smells. And when they poop and they try to cover it up, it, it smells. It's just... I loved her. She was my first pet growing up and I remember when she got sick. She had cream colored liquid coming out. We had taken her to the vet and they gave us some type of medicine to give her but hamsters only live up to about two and a half, three years. If you get the, the guinea pigs, they live up to five years. You know, but what kind of a what kind of life is that for an animal to be in a cage? You know, she had her little place where she slept, and she had her food and everything. But it's not the same. You know, you have a, like I said, a dog and a cat. You provide for them. You give them shelter. You give them food. You provide for them. You take care of them as you would as if they were a child. You know, the thing that I've always wanted to know—the connection between animals and people is a beautiful, deep connection. An animal will bond with you. Now, it's just going to take time, you know, but again, that special relationship between the animals and people is just never-ending. You know, again, my mother, her story was when she was younger, she had a beautiful dog named Snow, a beautiful white dog named Snow, and then you know they had cats and dogs. Dogs, you know, when when it got cold, the dog would sleep in the kitchen. When it was warm, it had its little doghouse outside, and it would come and go, it would be like one of those flaps, you know, leading from the kitchen outside and then back in. But then they couldn't, through hard times, they couldn't keep the dog. And of course, I'm not going to tell the horror story of what happened because I still don't, I still don't understand why it happened. But let's just say. She thought she was giving it to a relative. The relative said he would take good care of the dog, and then something happened. And Let's just move on from there, because it's too painful to talk about. But again, there is a beautiful relationship between animals and people. No matter what kind of a pet you had growing up, it could be a, a cat, a dog, uh, reptile, uh, fish, uh, birds. Um, my aunt was a perfect example. She loved canaries, canaries and or parakeets. So she would have that as a pet. The only problem with that is though now, again, you have to clean their cage and she would let the bird out. So one day, what if the bird flies out the window and you never see it again? And I would think that that's a little dangerous too. because again, you gotta be careful with birds. My, my sister had a cockatiel, a, bit, a miniature baby cockatiel. Didn't really last very long because they said that it has something to do with the frying pan. The type of frying pan that you use. It was a connection with the bird died. Because the next day, it keeled over. And I'm like, really? What's the connection to that? You know? And there's many animals that don't live long. Cats have nine lives. I have cats. I like dogs too. I like both. If I could have a dog and a cat, I will be happy. But you gotta get them when they're younger, so they can adjust one another. You know. And again, I, I grew up with cats, so I had pet fish, but they should, they didn't last. You gotta clean their 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 bowl. You can't have a fish in dirty water. And you know what the good thing about it is is when you have children and you have pets. Now I always feel that when you have children, you wait until the child's a little bit older before you introduce them to a pet. Because you think, okay, the pet was here first, right? The pet was here first, therefore it's the pet's territory. When a child comes into the picture and it's it's also been done, they've done an experiment, the animal, depending on if it's a cat or a dog, will get jealous of that other human being. Because now people are oohing and awing over a newborn and forgetting about the pet. That's something that you should never, ever do. I would think that if you have a child, whether you have a child first and then you have the pet or vice versa, you introduce them slowly, you know, because it's important. The thing that I've always wanted to ask all of you is this, are you happy with the pets that you have? Do you see when we talk about the, the strong bond between animals and humans, What bothers me, and I will be honest with all of you, I don't like when humans mistreat animals. Animals don't have a voice. If they don't have a voice, how are they going to tell you, hey, somebody's mistreating me? I hear horror stories about that, especially now in the cold. I've seen three instances right in front of me. And I actually had at one point reported it. I said, "Look, I just witnessed some vehicle pull over on the side of the road, dump out an animal. Animal had a broken leg, was trying to cross three lanes of highway to get to the other side. I'm surprised it didn't get killed. People, you don't want the animals that you adopted. Bring them back to the shelter. Don't let them die out there in the cold, and don't, don't abuse or neglect them. I despise people that abuse animals. I said, I despise it. I look at my own animal, and I said." How? I could never ever do that. I can never do that. I don't have it in me to do that. I just don't like to see people do that. When you have an animal in the house, especially your own, you love it, you take care of it, and in return, it gives you unconditional love. Think about that. So again, when I grew up, I had cats. My first cat I got when I was 15. We had gone into the shelter, because we were just gonna look at it. And my mom was with us at the time, And we were looking around at all the different cats. We wanted to see if we could get, like, two cats, a brother and sister. But she says, no, one cat is sufficient. So it was her choice. Now, it was a choice between a gray and a white cat. Gray-white was a female, and then black and white was was a male. And someone had snapped up the gray and white kitty cat. So we got the black and white. And we were trying to think of names for the cat. Because she says, if I'm going to get a cat, if we're going to get a cat, this is the cat we're going to get. And so we're trying to think of a name because he said, okay, he's going to be Greek. He's a Greek cat. We're drinking out all the names of black and white cats and the name that she picked out, Apollo. What is Apollo? The god of war. That's not a good name, Apollo. And actually, when you called him by his name, he did respond. He responded to Apollo. We could have called him Mercury. We could have called him Zeus. We could have called him any name for a black and white cat. Apollo suited him, you know? So, again, we had him. We had him for about 15 years. He was smart. He was actually around when my father was alive, too. And I remember this now. There's all this connection that people talk about. Do animals sense when there's something wrong? You bet. They do. How do I know this? Well, my cat Apollo. When my father... That's sick. But even before he passed, and everybody was upstairs, he was out in the hallway. He knew that something was going on. Just didn't know what. My father took his last breath. The cat sensed it. Paolo sensed that something was wrong. Oh, my God. My my daddy's not here anymore. You know, he's gone. Because my father and, 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 and my cat had this unusual relationship and i remember this now right before he got picked up to go to work he would be outside and my cat would be uh, cat, Apollo would be out of the window downstairs in the basement window and they would have a conversation with one another it was so cute and then when it was time for my father to come home through the front door, the cat would just come running. He was such a happy, happy, happy person that he knew cats knew. Same thing when I would come home from work. I don't know how he would, how he knew I was coming around the corner. But mother was like, yeah. He would be sitting with me, and all of a sudden he would just know. And as soon as we meet halfway, and then I would go and feed him, and I would say, hey, you want thin And he would follow me down the steps. And it was just we had that close connection. He was the only cat I know that liked people food. He liked cat food, but he was, you could not, you had to hide. Because even if he were trying to be really, really quiet, he would find a way. If I, if I would be eating a sandwich, he would know. Popcorn, spaghetti, you name it. He was a cat that ate everything. Not just his own food, but he would eat people food. And that was actually started for my sister, older sister, when she was still living at the house. I'm like, no, that's your fault now. Now he won't go to his own food. He won't even go near his own cat. But that's fine, you know. You say to yourself, this is why your pets are an important part. You make them a part of your family. There's a special bond between a human and a pet, you know. Yes, they can be annoying. Yes, they sometimes act like children, yes. But the good thing about it is you have someone you can take care of someone that you'll have a great relationship even if you I grew up with my the first cat that I had and again in human years because he passed away at the age of 15 I think he was in his 70s maybe 80s yeah in human years he was up there in age like my cat that I have now Sebastian I got him when he was a, he was a kid and I adopted him from a shelter I'm hoping he'll make it to 19. He's still active, very vocal, but he's very needy at his age. That's what I find that a cat like him is very needy. Most of the times he will not let me sleep. When I'm not feeling well, he tries to comfort me. Last night, I was in a lot of pain. I still feel kind of, you know, achy, but he can be a handful. He wants attention, like all animals want attention, you know? The thing that we need to know about is this. Again, they do get sick. Pets do get sick. But that's that special bond that you have with them. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to bond with an animal. You know. Um, But I see how people mistreat animals, and I just think it's shameful to do that. We're all God's creatures, right? And that includes pets. And if you mistreat anyone, a human, an animal, shame on you. Shame on you. We all have a right to be on this earth. We all have a right to be loved, to have someone love us. But then when someone mistreats us, is that fair? Again, animals don't have a voice. We have to speak up for them. ASPCA, you know, yes, they do very well. It's a good organization that prevents animals, you know, and helps animals that are abused. But you think that most of these people just throw their animals away like they're nothing. Do you know how sad that is? And the thing that we also have to deal with, and, and you know, it's sad for me to talk about it, but I've dealt with my fair share of animals that I've had that have gotten sick. Cats in particular. Cats, some cats, depending on the cat itself, will hide when they're sick. In the first case was Apollo. He was sick. He was diagnosed with hepatitis. Now he was an indoor cat. He never liked going outside. A few times he he, he got out by accident and he was so scared he came right back in. The thing that I was worried about, though, is when, when we found out that he had some type of an illness, it crushed me. I was crushed. We had taken him to the doctor. He had stayed at the hospital for two days. They, they had him on a feeding tube because he wasn't eating on his own. We brought him back home. They gave us medicine. I remember this now. And uh, he, when we were trying to give him the medicine, he just threw it right back out. And it was this red bile. I said, oh my God, I don't think he's going to make it through the night. I just had this this gut feeling that he was not going to make it. And I would have been, I would have been devastated. And I remember this. My niece was there, my middle niece. She actually spent the night with us. She actually spent a couple of days with us. I remember this now. And I was pacing back and I would check back and forth. He was downstairs laying down because he didn't have the energy to move. So he was downstairs in the basement laying on this right by the sofa like lay, lay, laying on a rug and I went to go check on him and I'm like I would try to feed him I would try to get him to wake up nothing he wouldn't even get up he was in the same position so I waited a few more hours and I said okay I'm gonna go to bed but let me see if I can go check on him as I went downstairs he was dying I watched him die I called my mom, Mom, you better come down here right away. There's something wrong with Apollo. And I didn't want my niece to come because I guess she got startled and she came and she wanted to know what was going on. That's kind of hard to explain to her at the time what's happening, you know? And my mother was just crying and she said, Apollo, Apollo, Apollo. She was trying to get him to look at her and he was like, he had some stuff coming down at the side of his mouth, some type of green stuff. I'm like, oh my God. And his breathing was very labored. And she was like looking like, Paulo, Paulo. And then his eyes just closed. Now this happened midnight. And I'm like, oh my God. Because now we can't call a vet. We can't say, hey, look, our cat passed away. And we need for someone to take him. So the next morning, I had the door shut. I said, oh my God, we're sleeping in the house with him. And he's gone. There's no movement, no sound, no nothing. He was stiff. And I went downstairs. Now part of me could not go downstairs in that room where he was at. I just kind of... I couldn't, it bothered me tremendously. Then I said to myself, I can't do this. You know, I, I can't look at him. If I look at him, I'm gonna start breaking down and crying. But I do remember when I went downstairs, he was very like, again, stiff, stiff as a board, stiff. So I said to myself, I said, Apollo, I love you, and miss you. Uh, you know, you were the best cat, the smartest cat. My mother had a deep bond with him she said he was the smartest cat in the world he was very smart you know they had this, this bond growing together it was really really strong and i say to myself you know i loved him missed him again he made it to 15. cats have nine lives but again when cats get sick they do hide anybody who wants to own a cat yeah i can be the expert the cat lady over here who'll tell you you know not, and it depends on the personality of the cat, depends on the cat itself, there are cats that do hide, when they're sick, they can't tell you that there's something wrong, if they stop eating, if they just stop doing things that they used to do, it's a sign for you to go get them checked, you know, and as far as, you know, again, yes, it is worth it, you know, because you think about when you take him to the doctor for check. Yes, it's expensive. And if you don't have pet insurance, it's even more expensive. But you know what? This is an animal we're talking about. This is your pet. He's a part of it. He or she is a part of your family. So how you would take yourself in to get checked, you do the same thing for your pet, right? It was painful. Um, it was just hard not having a pet in the house. You know, my mother cried. She was like, oh, my God, I lost him. He actually, Apollo passed away midnight right on my father's birthday which was in august august 28 2000 i remember that it was painful it was so painful and i was like oh my god i just didn't couldn't believe how quickly that happened and i said to myself oh my god am i ever gonna i was trying to convince my mother to get another pet but it was too much for her and i said but every animal's different he goes i just can't go through that again So for a while, we didn't have a pet. And I remember when I moved down and I came back, I had two cats. I had said, Mom, I know you said you didn't want to have any more pets in the house, but I have two cats I'm gonna bring with me. If I'm gonna move back home, they have to come with me. I don't trust my ex. I know that he would not take very good care of them. He would let them go out and this and that. So I brought both of them. At the time, I had two cats. Well, I have my Sebastian, who's now next to me now, and he outlived the other one and then I had adopted another cat named Shadow she was a black cat with a little bit of white she only lived to be about twelve and a half she died she died two months before her birthday I came home same scenario she had not eaten she was very thin very pale I was afraid to take her to the doctor the part of me said oh my god I'm gonna get you know I told you so or they're gonna say you're a bad pet parent When I came home from work that day, she was in the process of dying. And her eyes, I didn't know that her eyes were bulging out. She was laying on her side, facing the window downstairs in the basement. I was like, wow. So I I was just devastated. I had to call my sister and brother and say, I can't leave her here in the house. It's going to, you know, there's going to be an odor. She was dying but I picked her up and I put her in a box. And I was crying and crying. And you know what really helped make it very, less painful for me? The fact that I had my other cat. When you have two cats, if one goes, you have another one to fall back on. And I know that he sensed something was wrong because he would go downstairs, but I don't think he missed her. Again, when I adopted them, I adopted them at different times. They were a year closer in age. He couldn't tolerate her. He, he tried to. You know, she was a needy little cat. She loved me. She, she clung to me. He would pick on her. He would bully on her. I would try to, you know, separate them together. But you know what? Again, I missed her. I cried for days on end. It was hard to believe that I had two. Now I have one. Because even when my mother passed away, I had both of them. And I said to myself, I don't feel so alone. But then I do feel alone because, you know, they're pets. They're animals, you know. And uh, I have my baby right now next to me. Again, he outlived her. He is 18. Hopefully he'll make it to 19. But again, he's a handful. But I love him. Even though he does keep me up at night. And he's a very needy cat. If I walk away from the room, he meows very quickly. If I go to take a shower, he meows really loud. And even when I'm home with him, there are certain times when I'm not in the same room, He still meows. He's very needy. But you know what? He's my baby. I've loved him. H- loved to have him since he was a kitten. I call him Sebastian. Why? Well, he's special because he's a polydactyl cat. And for all of you out there, we're going to say, well, what's a polydactyl? Polydactyl has the extra toe, the six toe on the one paw, and his feet are backwards. So when you pick him up, you know how a cat's, cat's um, feet... Are normal. His were, they were inward. So when you look at him, like oh my god, they're backwards. He has backwards feet. So he was the only one, only kitty cat. Well, and then he had a brother too, that was next to him in the cage. I remember that when I went to adopt him, it was identical. The only difference was his brother was not fixed and he was. They they spay and neuter kittens at a very young age. They used to be the time when when I had my first cat. They didn't spay and neuter until you had a, it had to be like six months. But, um, yeah, they spay and neuter them at a young age. And then, of course, my little girl, she had a microchip, and he doesn't. So if he runs out and I lose him, he'll be gone. Then why don't let him out of the house? He's an indoor cat. He's a good boy, though. too. He's a pest, but he can be a good little boy. But to wrap this up, again, pets are important. And when you're dealing with the death of a pet, and a pet is in the pain there many times we came close to euthanizing, to releasing the pain from an animal. Let me put it to you this way, would you want your animal to suffer? You think to yourself, oh, I don't, wanna, I don't want them to go, and I wouldn't miss them, but you want them to suffer. It's like humans, would you want someone to suffer knowing they're going through that type of pain? That's torturous to watch. You know, my sister, she had a fair share of cats and she had actually watched them one of, them, one of them being euthanized it's beautiful it's like peaceful you can spend hours saying goodbye and kissing them and hugging them and they go peacefully and the thing that i want to let you know is this you know you're not doing a disservice by letting your animal go in that way let's put it this way you're letting them you're letting the pain be released from their body if you think about Again, pets suffering, animals, people suffer. You don't want to see anybody go through pain. Pain. Think about that. You'd want to be released from that. Whatever pain they're going through, whatever disease they have. You know, yes, it is hard to say goodbye, but you're not letting them go. You're always going to have them in your heart. More of the animals I've seen, and and I think if you go to this website, it's very helpful to call Over the Rainbow Bridge, where the rainbow bridge is where animals go. They pass on to the other side and it's really beautiful. It's something to really like, look at. You know, yes, it is painful to lose a part of your family member. Yes, they become a part of you, but that's part of life. We have to deal with it. You know, we say, okay, we ourselves as humans have to deal with losing a loved one. It's the same thing with pets. You know, some people choose to bury their pets at a cemetery. I actually have my pet's ashes, both my first cat and my little one. I have both of their ashes. And I'm sure again when it's his turn to go, which I don't even want to think, because I want him to live a lot longer. Hey, you never know; he might make it to twenty. Who knows? But um, even if he doesn't, I want his ashes with me. I have all three. I'll have all three of them. Now, if you ask me, what am I going to get down the line in terms of a pet? Maybe I'll get a dog this time. You know, a puppy dog, or or I don't know. Maybe I'll get a combination of a dog and a cat if i can if i can get them get along together bring them in at the same time that would be nice you know i don't know it all depends i always think that when you have children children will say can we have a pet sure as long as you have the responsibility of taking care of it animals need love and they need to be taken care of you know that's part of the responsibility of owning a pet and taking care of it and I was very good with all the pets that I had and I was especially good with the cat, with the cats because with cats they need love they give you unconditional love in return. you give them love and you feed them and you take care of them and you make sure they're okay they will give you unconditional love twice three times over same thing with dogs any animal but if you mistreat an animal then you're having them mistrust you. And that's the worst thing that you gonna do. I think with Shadow, I think there was a story where she was with a family, This was before I adopted her. Her foster mother told me this now. She was with a family, but the family couldn't afford to take her with them. And they brought her back into this sanctuary with all the other cats. And she was one of the cats that people overlooked. So when i looked for a particular black cat and the day that i went to see her i didn't think she was going to be at the store she was at this pet store i think it was in petco or or pet i didn't know it was her i read the description she goes are you the young woman that wrote about her she goes yeah i have another cat we live in an apartment at the time i was going through my illness but i thought it would be great for him to have a playmate but i always felt guilty whenever i would go out somewhere he'd be left alone Now I understand that now that she's been gone, he likes being alone. I didn't know that. I thought I was doing a service by having another animal in the house. But I said to myself, this would be good. So he can have a playmate, and if I go out, they can have each other. He wouldn't be alone. Now, I guess, I think, if my understanding, he likes being alone. But he doesn't like being alone too often, because if I'm, I'm away from him, it's another story. So... So anyway, just to, to wrap this episode, but it's good to have animals. Animals lower your blood pressure. Animals are constant companions. They're your best friends, not just members of the family. You just got to remember to treat them with love and respect. And in return, they will give you unconditional love. You know, just like children and humans, animals are kind of like children in a sense. You, that bond will always be strong. A bond like that will never be broken. And again, once they go, you have to learn. Or just remember them. They're always gonna be in your heart. Just like people. They're all you're never gonna ever let them go. They're always gonna be with you in spirit. So remember that. God bless all of you. And all of the animals out there. Take care.